Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing how you are the light which dispels the darkness, and how the darkness of the darkest night isn't negative, but instead invitation to rest, rejuvenate, and transform. Winter solstice is the date in the northern hemisphere when the day is shortest and the night is longest. Throughout the fall, the darkness has come sooner each night and the dawn has been later and later. Even though we know intellectually the sun will rise again, something deep in our mammalian knowing takes nothing for granted and feels happiness and joy when the light reappears. I find myself smiling for no apparent reason in those moments. There's an ancient magic in that. The day and night of winter solstice is a liminal time. It's the moment between nights getting longer and nights getting shorter. It's the moment when movement seems to stop, like the pause at the end of breathing out before we begin to breathe in. There's an old trick which uses this principle. If you're wanting to steady your hand for taking a picture or shooting an arrow, you breathe out. And in the pause before you breathe in, your body becomes still. Nothing interrupts the connection which forms between you and what you're aiming at. In the same way, during this one day between seasons, even the heavens seem to pause before they begin moving again. This gives us an opportunity to stop to pause in all of our busy doing and just for a moment be who we truly are, tuning into where we are and who we're with and truly being present to the interconnectedness of it all. Just as there are deeper, more complicated meanings to the endings and transformations of fall, so too it feels that our connection to light is much stronger. The more we are broken open, feeling the old break into pieces around us, transforming with a smash into new pieces of what has been and what can be, the more we seem to move into the darkness of the unknown and seek for the light. Setting aside the man-made hullabaloo of Christmas and New Year's for a moment, there's a natural rhythm to this time of year. What people readily notice and are most annoyed by in the Northern Hemisphere is the lack of light. We get up in the dark, we get home in the dark, and even if we have some time out in the light, it's often disrupted by weather. At times, it can be almost as dark at midday as at night due to storms, drenching rain, or fast-falling snow. This brings on the annual experience of seasonal affective disorder, which is a depression linked to the changeover into the dark season. Some other things we notice but often misdiagnose are the lower energy we seem to have concerning just about everything, which makes it even harder to keep up with demands or to care about anything which isn't time critical. Or our desire to eat things which we wouldn't normally, or even gain weight as if by osmosis. All of which is exacerbated by the amount of doing we're doing, sleep or not, and Carbs, sugar, and caffeine we crave in order to make up the difference. We think this is a personal failing, lack of self-care, 
or something off we can rebalance with just a bit more of, well, something once we have enough time to figure it out. But the slower pace, the need to rest, to be fully present in ourselves and take stock of all which has been and is now, is seasonal and something we're meant to lean into, not stimulate away. Having grown up at the beach, this time of year often feels to me like a riptide. Riptides occur when the waves are coming into shore, but the pressure and volume of water and its movement has created an outward flow of water across the surface of the waves, like a hidden river. It catches the unwary off guard and kills dozens of people a year in the U.S. because they panic and try to swim against the flow as they're carried out to sea. If we reach back to remember the natural seasonal rhythm in our bones, to reconnect with the feel of the trees, bushes, grasses, and rocks around us right now, then we can sense what is happening all around us. The chaos and frustration of summer and fall are over. All the crops are in. The plants are pulling into themselves to sleep for the winter. The larger mammals are either denning up or moving to better feeding grounds. And everything is settling in to rest. It's finally the time when people can turn inwards and reflect. They can review all that has happened to themselves and others throughout the year but also on the bigger questions of who they've become, what's unfolding because of it, and what is possible in the seasons to come. Winter is the season for remembered dreams, transformative visions, recovering our balance and reconnecting the source. Many people think of being balanced and spiritual as the lack of movement. Being balanced to them is holding still, either standing or sitting, while being spiritual is the lack of anything other than happiness and contentment. However, as most of us have experienced, standing still for long periods of time is not only difficult, it's uncomfortable and causes physical damage long-term. The same with sitting, as anyone with a desk job can attest. And setting aside the bad-things-happen-to-good-people issue, Thinking a healthy and complete person can somehow not feel anything other than happiness or contentment in response to the world as it is, has been, and will be for quite some time to come is laughable. This definition turns spirituality into a disconnected form of mental illness somewhat like a reverse autism. I'll pass. Thanks. In fact, if we're seeking balance... The most balanced person is one in motion. If you have a chance, look at a martial arts practitioner who is prepared to spar, but not yet actively doing so. Rarely are they completely still, except in movies, but instead are slightly or not so slightly in motion, moving side to side, forward and back, in order to maintain a flexible core center, which is capable of acting or reacting as necessary. The same with dancers, who spend a great deal of time not only learning their craft and specific choreography, but also learning who they are and how they operate in all aspects of self, from standing upright to lying flat on the floor and all levels in between. If they're unaware of how their center of gravity changes when they're in the air versus when they're crouched against their heels, they'll be ineffective in performing and likely fall disastrously even injure themselves. 
how we deal with the space between the extremes of active and passive informs how we experience our lives. If we're constantly reaching for that which is beyond us without being grounded in the here and now, we may receive, but then not be able to incorporate what we've received as our efforts are directed outwards. If we're constantly waiting to receive, we don't have our hands open in order to accept what's being offered in response to our requests. If we stand stiffly with our legs braced and our arms folded over our chest in an effort to stay absolutely balanced, then we may be able to withstand a small breeze, but any toddler with determination will be able to topple us with one well-aimed headbutt. Being stronger can help in the short term. But as Jacqueline Carey has written, that which bends is not always weak. Instead of seeing the in-between, the living part of life, as a hallway in which we move between active and passive, we would be well advised to see it as the point of this existence. Think of it like peace being a verb. We don't have peace. We aren't peaceful. We are peacing. Actively practicing the ability to be passive, to receive, to be at ease with what is. No acts of resignation, but instead acts of becoming. Receptively working to become what we have always wanted to be and meant to achieve. Being both and, grounding as we stretch, moving left and then right, right and then left, coming back to a center which expands as we move, becoming more as it needs less, living, which is contradictory in having no opposite. Winter solstice is called the longest night. It's the time when we will have the least amount of light during the day and the most darkness. Many celebrate it for the change in the season, which it is. While we officially move from fall into winter, it also means the days will get progressively lighter from then on. It's also an opportunity to switch gears. We can dip under the riptide of doing and deadlines and online shopping for a moment and feel the deeper rhythm of the world which invites us to rest, to be soothed, and to join in an entire universe which enjoys our presence without requiring any performance. It is a moment when the energies around us are most conducive to our connecting with our higher self, guides, angels, helpers, and teachers, not for answers, but for stories. This is the time when we are most able to receive the narrative of who we are, why, and what is possible for us to be and manifest. It's a time to listen to our own personal mythology and how it fits within the web of life here and beyond. It is, most importantly, not a time of darkness. So much of our holiday celebrations are about lights, and rightfully so. Carbon footprint aside, winter is an amazing time for celebrating life through color and light, sparkle and shine. From candles to LEDs, tinsel to gilt and silver everything, we celebrate the life force and divinity within all beings and encourage it to replenish, repair, and grow strong through this time of turning inward. Yet we tend to forget, or 
are dissuaded from remembering, we are the light. Each of us is a piece of divinity which shines in the rich velvet of winter, whether in community or solitude. Akashic spiritual practices give us the ability to tap into liminal time, to be completely centered both here and there, accessing the universe inside us, which is the universe all around us, both and, all at once. To do this, I recommend pulling Akasha into you rather than reaching out to the Akashics for insider education. Connect with your own inner divinity, your own light, and bring the Akashic flow into you, supporting, nourishing, and expanding who you are and all you can be, a light in the darkness of an ever-manifesting world. I have a video on my YouTube channel which can guide you through this. I'll put a link to it in the podcast description. Happy winter solstice. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.